Mrs. Tingle, she hates me. She hates everyone. She even hates me. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio, your favorite host. And as we go on, we remember... To shout out Mook, thank you for recommending Shannon Shaw. She is one of my new favorite artists. Although, as I am wont to do, I will probably forget about her in about a couple weeks. Like, yeah. Um, when no. a new queen replaces her. No, yeah, seriously, Mook tweeted about this art, Shannon Shaw? I think that's her name. Okay. She's like of Shannon and the Clans. Like, I think that's a band she used to have before. Sure. Definitely something that I've heard of. Um, no, Sergio will not shut up about this band, and he is in love with the band. And thank you, Mook, for recommending it to him tangentially on Twitter. That yeah. was the shout out that uh, we were trying to do last week, but kind of messed up. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so you interrupted my song, but we're graduating from 90s Teen Horror Month. This is the last episode of the month. Did you plan it this way? Did you know there was going to be a graduation, and so you put it as the fourth movie that we were going to be watching? I wish I could say yes, but I did not. Okay. The only reason I ask is because you are militant about your planning. Like, you plan things to the T. Yeah, there's literally a schedule on my wall right now that goes until December. <laughs> yeah, so see, you guys know. Um. Yeah. But um, let's do our 10-word reviews of movies that we watched in the past week, because we're actually kind of caught up now. All and, right. Oh, no, mine are over there on the desk. Can you hand them? Where are they? Okay, I'll, I'll get them. All right, cool. Never mind. You, you start with yours. I'm going to start with mine, okay? And I'm going to be very slow. I'm reaching. Is that it? All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so upgrade. Decent effects and world building for a subpar plot. Try it. <laughs> and my review is the best Death Wish remake of the year. It's pretty good. Thank you. All right. Ocean's 8. See, I have two for Ocean's 8. Sure. And you can maybe separate them with a semicolon. I don't know. I, you right. should know because you know all about semicolons. I sure do. All right. A great start to the year of the woman or the future is female. Okay. And mine is forget the jewels. These ladies stole my heart. Oh, those are good. All right. Hereditary. Tony Cole. Okay. And I'm treating Tony Cole and Alex Wolf's names as one thing, like one word. Tony Cole and Alex Wolf? Yeah. So we'll know each one more. Oh, okay. So Tony sure. Collette and Alex Wolf. All right. So Tony Collette and Alex Wolf are great. Everything else was not downgrade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mine is a generic dumb horror flick hiding behind great performances. This movie is a Paranormal Activity sequel that is dressed up as an art house movie, and everyone is falling for it. Okay, I'm just gonna say like I know we're probably gonna go against the grain by coming out against Hereditary. I personally didn't care for it, and for those of you who are devoted fans of the movie, or I don't know, just got got the bug, uh-huh. got the hereditary bug, inherited the gene. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, don't at me because I really don't care. I didn't care for it. Um, I'm glad that you liked it. Explain to me why it's great. Just write me an essay. Write me an essay, a thesis-driven essay about why it's a good movie, and I will read it. Okay, this is my promise to you. That's the listener. A, that's a beautiful sentiment. I know we're not going to get anybody to do that, but P- I'm just putting don't. it out there. Don't put that much work in. It's not worth changing Sergio's mind. I try all the time. You didn't try for this movie. For Hereditary? No. Because I also didn't like it that much. Yeah, see? I mean, look, I mean, I agree with... That's why I feel so strongly in my opinion, is that I was like, okay, if Brennan didn't like it or can't convince me, like, XYZ is why it happened the way it did, like, it's just not a good movie. 
Yeah, I, I mean, th- there's a lot of great stuff in it, but like I said, it's kind of just a Paranormal Activity sequel once it gets to the horror stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not a strong, I'm not, like, uh, there's all this stuff that happens with these A24 films where people argue, like, oh, it's not scary or whatever. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's not a strong horror concept. It's mm-hmm. rehashing a lot of stuff not super well, like, from a like script level. Mm-hmm. Everything else is working pretty well, mm-hmm. but it's just like, wasn't invested great cast great visuals um some decent plot devices uh what the um, yeah but otherwise i just was bored by it there was not enough horror in a horror in, in this horror movie for me last week we talked about how when horror and comedy are mixed i tend to tune it out but when horror and nothingness are mixed i'm <laughs> just like falling asleep very true like it comes at night yes it is all right so now alex strangelove all right. Oh. Now I have some thoughts on this one. So it's okay. more than 10 words because I know you probably didn't do one. I didn't even do one, but I can try to make one up. All right. So this is a lot of thoughts. So quirky, fun, and all too high school, Strangelove is a welcome addition to the tiny but mighty pantheon of gay movies. Wow. Um, my review is uh, better than Love, Simon. Hooray. But we get two, and that's nice. <laughs> How many words was that? S- Better than love Simon. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead. To... Executive decision. It was ten words. Okay, <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Um. All right. No, it's cool. We can debate whether or not it was better than love Simon. Both can exist. No, I'm in happy this tiny, both exist. But mighty gay pantheon of movies. I think in terms of a gay movie, it's better than love Simon. But love Simon as a movie with a plot that thrusts, yeah, yeah. it is better. Huh, but Alex Strangelove. Is it's a Netflix movie about a like coming of age slash com- it's a coming out of age mm-hmm. gay movie, and it is surprisingly filthy. It is very like realistic as to what high schoolers talk about and do, mm-hmm. and I really really enjoyed that. I yeah. thought it was a very satisfying movie. It was really good. All right, but, so stream it on your local Netflix. Yeah. Speaking of high school movies, we're here to talk about the 1999 feature, Teaching Mrs. Tingle. And Brennan, who wrote and directed this movie? Kevin Williamson. <gasps> who is he? He is the writer of Scream. Scream 2. Not really Scream 3 and Scream 4, but he did the treatments. And oh. I know he did last summer. And um, what else did he do? He did, uh, he's behind The Vampire Diaries mm-hmm. and Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And I think that show Stalker that I don't think did super well. Um, and kind of uncredited Halloween H2O. And he directed Teaching Mrs. Tingle. <laughs> Yay. All right, Brendan, is it safe to say that you're a fan of Kevin Williamson? I think it is safe to say that. Um, I think there there's a very 90s quality about his work, mm-hmm. but that is because he kind of came to define 90s horror in the back half of the decade. Mm-hmm. Like, 96 on is very influenced by what he was working with. And the, like, meta humor, referential horror, his characters are all incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he has very wordy, verbose dialogue for his teenagers that, like, it's snappy and witty and quippy, but it also, it's kind of like an idealized, romanticized version of how teenager, how smart teenagers think they are. Mm-hmm. And that really spoke to teenagers mm-hmm. uh, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I think his screenwriting is very powerful in that way. Yeah. One thing that I noticed in this movie, um, well, I guess we should start talking about it. Go ahead and let's start talking about it. I guess I'll give you the plot first before right, cool. um, put a pin in that. Uh, but I want to know what you were going to say. 
Um, a hardworking and bright high school senior, Leanne, Katie Holmes, has her impending status as a valedictorian jeopardized when her bitter history teacher, Mrs. Tingle, Helen Mirren, and right, Helen Mirren, oh my god, yeah. um, gives her a poor grade on a project. This antagonistic relationship quickly escalates until circumstances lead Leanne and her friends Luke, Barry Watson, and Joe Lynn, Marissa Coughlin, to hold Tingle hostage in her home. As the conflict continues, it looks as if not everyone will make it out alive. Ooh, it was nominated for the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Between Barry Watson and uh, Jeffrey Tambor? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably between Katie Holmes and Barry Watson. Oh. Um, but yeah, ugh. This is a... This is one of those movies that is full of little Me Too dynamites because it was both. It was full of a lot of contemporary dynamites. Yeah, Remember but the thing that Barry Watson said about facts not being relevant. Yeah, I lunged at the screen. Well, I mean, isn't it kind? Of, is it refreshing or horrifying that this is just kind of how things have always been? I guess horrifying. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, no, this movie was produced by Harvey Weinstein and does feature performance from Jeffrey Tambor, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, gross. Uh, Moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, did you, do you remember what you were going to say about the movie? Um, Well, one of the main characters, should we go to the characters first? Sure. Um, Like what they are. So who does Katie Holmes play? Katie Holmes plays smart young gal who is a real tryhard. She wants to escape this town, which town doesn't seem that bad. The only evidence that I have that this town is bad is that her mom works as a waitress, and also everyone has double names, so clearly they're in the South. <laughs> okay. Um, everyone's named Joanne or Leanne or Lilu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everyone's like, we got to get out of this hick town. I'm like, I've not seen this town. Uh-huh. I just have to take it at your word that this town is crap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. What were we talking about? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Uh, she wants to... She's the valedictorian. She's like the perfect girl. She wants girl. to be, yeah. Um, she's second in her class currently at the beginning of the movie, but... Behind Trudy. Behind Trudy. Trudy True Love. Um, uh, and if she were to get an A on a project in Mrs. Tingle's class, she would become valedictorian. And thus begins a series of unfortunate events. For Mrs. Tingle. Yeah, when Count Olaf adopts Katie Holmes. Um, and luckily for Katie, Katie's not alone in this journey. She has two rambunctious friends. Well, one rambunctious <laughs> friend and then one tag along. Yeah, her, her wannabe actress friend. Who is who I'm going to talk about. And who else? And Barry Watson? Yeah. Winston? Watson. Wellston? Watson of Seventh Heaven. My dear Watson. Seventh Heaven. He was cute. Yeah, he was dreamy. See, I can see why he would be a dreamboat a little bit higher on the ladder than Devin Sawa. Yeah. Um, he was in the movie that you might want to check out with um, Michael Rosenberg. Where Michael Rosenbaum from a small Rosenbaum. Dome? There you go. Uh, and a third person. Do they kiss? No, but they uh-huh. do cross dress. Oh, is it sorority boys? Yeah. Okay. I saw that on his IMDb page. Okay. Yeah. Pretty great. Right. Uh, yeah. I know you're just down and ready to see it. Um, all right. So the actress friend. Oh, one thing I also want, like, just shout out to her performance. Oh, my uh, God. She was so good. Go, you want to talk about it? I see you excited. No, I, I'm just, I'm sympathizing. It was okay. great. Yeah, she was great. Um, and one of the things that Brennan really loves currently on television, even though we haven't seen the latest season, is Riverdale. That's true. And Riverdale is one of those shows that is 
really informed by a bunch of like old Hollywood references. Like the character teens are really too smart for their own good. No, Riverdale is a is a show that would not exist without Kevin Williamson, uh-huh. just hands down. Yeah, and I was like, you really see that in this girl's performance of just so many different Hollywood characters. She impersonates Helen Mirren to a pretty good effect. Yeah, she does. She's a really good impressionist, and there is a scene where she is like just kind of has to stay behind and make sure that Mrs. Tingle doesn't escape. So she just has to watch her mm-hmm. and she's so bored. So she just reenacts a scene from the exorcist in full mm-hmm. and it is startlingly good. Mm-hmm. She's really good. She's really good. She did a Marilyn Monroe impersonation that was really good. When she blew the kiss, I was like, Marilyn? Um, <laughs> she's back. Yeah. How did Kevin Williamson resurrect Marilyn Monroe? Did he use a Ouija board? A Ouija board. <laughs> um, yeah, so just that's what stood out to me was his influence on, I guess, that show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of shows and teen movies that wouldn't exist without him. Like, he, like his style, like, I will watch a new show sometimes and be like, oh, they're going for Kevin Williamson. I see what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, even Vampire, well, Vampire Diaries is his show, but I watched the first episode and I was like, yep. He's still doing his thing. Yeah. They're so smart, these teenagers are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. And I think this is going to be a loosier, goosier show because, again, we're both very tired. But also, um, we kind of put this one together pretty fast. So I don't actually have notes, which is very unusual for me. I'm usually the Katie Holmes, but now I'm the other girl. Just, you know, free ball it, man. Commando style. Thank you for your words of inspiration. Uh, what's Have you ever seen that movie, Commando? No, but they're going to be doing it up next on Kill by Kill, and I probably need to watch it so I can listen to their show. All right, awesome. All right, good thing I mentioned it. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to Kill by Kill. Um, all right, so we're talking about, oh, what was my rating for which one? Scariness. Scariness? Two. Okay. One for me, but why for you? Um. Okay, so as previously mentioned, I had seen this movie before as a child. Yes, which does tend to boost the score by a couple of stars. Yes, it does. Um, and For it really, most people. And it should be higher than a two. It should probably be a three. Because I remember when watching it as a kid, it really freaked me out. I was on pins and needles for, for suspense as to what was going to happen next in the movie. Um, uh, so I think there are some tension-building moments, such as when they kidnap Mrs. Tingle. Spoiler alert. They I mean, we already Mrs. talked Tingle. about that. Yeah. Um, and they hold her hostage up in her room, and then they plot... This el- really elaborate uh, scheme to blackmail her into not turning them into the police. Yeah, this is a really bad situation, you guys. Mm-hmm. This is like, I know what you did last summer on steroids. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of accidentally knock her out and they're like, well, might as well tie her up and just kind of hold her for ransom. Not for, but like try to blackmail her in some way. Uh-huh. And they just don't really have a plan. They're just keeping her tied up so she can't go to school. Yep. And this is just so many mistakes. Teenagers are so dumb. They really are. Um, yeah, I, I'm giving this a one out of five. This was much less of a horror film. It is a, I guess, a reverse thriller. It's Do you like think there was any suspense at all in the movie. I didn't have a ton. I wasn't really drawn in a lot by the suspense because I found their decisions so inscrutable. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I. The, you know what? Okay, in the very first scene, 
when they're all three of them at Mrs. Tingle's house and they're trying to talk her down from failing Katie Holmes mm-hmm. because she caught her for cheating, but she it was an accident that she had a copy of the test, but it wasn't hers. Uh-huh. And so it was like all a misunderstanding. So they're all trying to talk her down, but things escalate. Kid pulls out a freaking crossbow and points it at her. Ridiculous. Yeah. Campiness, five out of five. No, I'm okay, no, but like, come on. Uh-huh. Um, but the way that that scene escalates, I thought it generated some good tension. Mm-hmm. But everything else was just so, it felt very uh, loosey goosey. Like, like they were assuming you would just go along with it. Yeah, it was just a lot and of. And not question it. Yeah, it was a lot of weird decisions, but also not a lot happened in the middle of this movie. Uh-huh. It's a lot of... Were you on pins and needles when, in the final scene, we think a student dies? Um, I thought that that student was the secretary, Molly Ringwald, so mm-hmm. I didn't even know what was happening. Uh-huh. Um, and also, the reveal of that was kind of lame, too, because that mm-hmm. makes no sense. There's no way they could have orchestrated that. That was jigsaw-level orchestrations of, okay... We're going to get Mrs. Tingle to shoot me with a crossbow, but it's going to fly out the window and hit this person outside, and she's going to hold up a yearbook, and the arrow's going to go through that. And there's so many ways it could have gone horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. So many people could have been brutally murdered during that sequence. Yep. And it was just a little little too much for me. Um, I think Kevin Williamson, the director, gave Kevin Williamson, the writer, a little too much license to do whatever he wanted. Um, but yeah. Okay. Oh, he wrote Cursed also, just if we're talking about other things that he wrote. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess we just differ on what was scary about this movie. To me as a child, I, see, I was one of them nerdy kids. Yeah, I was, you know, in the gifted and talented program, which uh-huh. might surprise a lot of you. But I was, <laughs> you know, I grew up in, like, the hood, so, like, I guess maybe the standards were lower there. Um, no, don't, don't uh, insult your skills and smartness. Mm-hmm. I literally saw the breakdown as to why I was put into, like, the gifted intelligence program. And, like, I got an extra point because I grew up in an urban neighborhood. Really? Yeah. Also, I got, like, one point for being super creative. Like, a level oh. 10 on the creative side. So okay. you're in the presence of greatness, according to LBUSD. Yeah, you got an extra point for probably going to host a podcast in the future. Yeah, truly. Let's inspire him to do It was in the stars. That. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have no idea where I was going with this. Um, but, As a kid, you were nerdy. Oh, yeah. I was just so afraid for Katie Holmes being stuck in this podunk town um, uh-huh. that everything she had worked for. She was clearly a great student. By no fault of her own was she put in the situation. It was all Barry's fault. Barry yes. was the dumbass that ruined it for everybody. And she also was trying to get extra credit to like boost her GPA by one point. Uh-huh. And also, Mrs. Tingle was very explicitly trying to fail Katie Holmes. Yeah. She has a vendetta against her. Yeah. As and we she, learn. She explains why. Do you want to like... Explain why, Brennan. Well, I mean, Mrs. Tingle sees herself in Katie Holmes. Um, she's jealous of Katie Holmes for her potential to succeed because Mrs. Tingle didn't. She didn't get out of that town. Mm-hmm. And she does not want to see other people do that mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. I-, I think for me, I think for you, obviously, it makes you, as you say, grew up in the hood. You wanted to get out or whatever the hell mm-hmm. you're talking about. Um, I think you exaggerate a little bit, but that's oh, yeah. fine. Um, but for me, I feel like the... Like I said earlier, the town was not established. Uh-huh. I don't get what it looks like a normal scream esque town, like mm-hmm. not huge, but there's probably a movie theater and uh-huh. a malt shop and not a bunch of cows. Like you could go anywhere. Uh-huh. It's not that hard. I mean, you don't, not to like be like, oh, I know more about small towns than you, 
because you are from a smaller town than me. Yes. Um, but you're oh. from a city, and I'm from an actual cat. The closest we can get to a small town in suburban Southern California. Um, but we're both in Southern California, where we're all by a lot of um, just everything. We're by everything here. I guess you're right about that. Like, go an hour south, you're in San Diego. Go an hour north, you're in. Uh, I mean, farther than Los Angeles, depending on traffic. Um, you're no, you're you're like. T- barely poking Los Angeles uh-huh. an hour from here. But there's life, you know, every which way here in yes, Southern California. Right. Like, you just take a freeway one way and you end up somewhere great. Yeah, just don't uh, go east. That's Arizona. And we, nobody. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Never go there. It's the elephant graveyard or uh-huh. whatever. But, like, Lion you know, King. if you're in a small town in Arizona, go one or two hours any which way. Like, you're in what? Maybe Scottsdale if you're lucky. Um, there are no major pubs of like industry. It's just small pubs. towns, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just nothingness. So okay. they don't have the same luxury that we do. Well, how do you know? Because this looks like they're in Pasadena. Like, like I said, we don't know where they are. Okay, we don't know what's surrounding them. We don't know anything about any of the people in this town except that none of them like Mrs. Tingle, except for Jeffrey Tambor, mm-hmm. who's a freak. All I'm saying is it's average town USA. It's where you can. Input your um your fears of being stuck in a small town at that moment in your like young adult life. You yeah, know? It, it's a cipher for uh-huh. whatever small town you're trying to rail against. Uh huh. Or or and just... there are a lot of high school kids who would have that same sentiment about being afraid of being stuck and yes. becoming essentially their parents because that's what okay. Katie Holmes's fear was entirely. That's what the fear was for Barry Watson too. Like you're going to become your father. You're going to inherit uh-huh. his mistakes. Through no fault of your own, it's just something that was predestined for you. And that is a fear that a lot of people have. You are right. I just feel like... It should have been like, this is Missouri. This is, you know, no, it, Indianapolis, Missouri. It, it I, I don't know. Like, it, it's all a construct. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I didn't get a sense of what they stood to lose by staying in this town. Because it seemed fine. Mm-hmm. Um... It wasn't like it wasn't like they were in, with the South Side Serpents in the south of Riverdale or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not like a crime-ridden, terrible podunk town. It's mm-hmm. not like Children of the Corn level Malachi is running around with a scythe. It's just like uh-huh. it seems fine. So you think there's nothing wrong with mediocrity? Own your okayness, Sergio. Okay. Um, and look, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I, it just. Didn't compel me. Okay. That that um, drive in the plot. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it was established properly. All right. For cool. me. All right. You made your piece. I, I, made I wasn't mine. willing to do the mental leaps to get there. You made your piece. I made mine. Okay. We'll let the listeners decide who is correct. Yeah, we'll do a little poll. Um, so what's your campiness score? Maybe a two. I'm going to give it a three because I remembered that there was a crossbow in this movie and that's crazy. <laughs> Um, that's why the body count was so low. Uh, the the crossbow because it was a gun, you know. Everyone would have been dead. Um, well, I mean that again. This movie post Columbine, okay. a lot of things changed. Uh-huh. You can't just you can't just do that. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, the campiest thing campiest thing was probably um our home girl, uh, Katie Holmes's best friend, Amber Lynn or whatever. Oh yeah, she was great. I really yeah. really liked her. Yeah. Um, yeah, campiness, I mean... Spinky. I, God, that whole scene is ridiculous. Yeah, it was fun. It was campy. 
I guess so. Um, also, Vivica A. Fox was in this movie, so double feature with her because she was also in Idle Hands. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was possible for her to be in a movie less than she was in Idle Hands, but surprise, here's this one. Mm-hmm. She was in one scene and then one sixteenth of the final scene during the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still got paid. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that reminds me. I was looking on the IMDb trivia for this movie, and there was a really great thing. Um, was it about her paycheck? Yeah. It was when asked why she did this film, Helen Mirren replied, because they gave me a shitload of money to do it. (laughs) Uh, Good for her. She made the movie. Oh, yeah. She was so good. I wonder how much of, like, the movie was made around her. Well, they they had to have cast an actress that could be able to pull off that impersonation, like, that exact impersonation, which is where, you know, Amber Lynn came in. I guess, I mean, but, I mean, that they must have developed on set, you know, after it was cast. Because also in the trivia, I read other actresses who were tried for the part, or who were considered. I don't think they ever got even close enough to, like, screen testing or anything. But Meryl Streep, Glenn Close, Sigourney Weaver, and Sally Field were considered. Wow. Kevin Williamson truly loves his great dames. Yeah, he's the Ryan Murphy of his decade. Um. Yeah, no, Helen Mirren's great. The way she turns into a crazy Terminator killer monster in the third act was uh-huh. fantastic. Um, she, I don't, I don't love the scenes of her manipulating the teens because they're so transparent, and there were so many of them, and I was kind of bored by it. Uh-huh. But I think her performance of them is pretty great. Um, what's your effect score? One. No, um, my effect score one. Okay, what's your quality score? <laughs> Yeah, uh, quality. Four. See? We're going to have uh, the past two weeks situation, because I think I'm going to give this one a two out of <gasps> five. How dare you? It was great. You enjoyed yourself. You were laughing. I was kind of bored. You were laughing. Your sides were hurting because you were laughing so much. And then you were on the edge of your seat being like, oh, no, Katie Holmes is going to be stuck in Indianapolis, Missouri. It was called, um, like, Grandsboro or something. Uh-huh. Um... And you were hurting for Katie Holmes. You were hurting, Brennan. I, I just didn't respond to this movie. Okay. Well, um, I had a good time. I liked it when I'm I so was glad. nine, and I liked it even more now. Okay. So I mean, I don't even know if I liked it more now. Probably not as much as I did then. Um, but, you know, I just I don't really liked it. And that is totally fine. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm so glad that you do and that people can still watch Kevin Williamson movies because he is great, and I'm uh-huh. glad there's so many of them. But I'd rather watch the ones that he made that were directed by Wes Craven, for instance. Even Cursed, which is pretty mediocre. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like I said, I, I think he just gave himself too much license to be... Like, this movie was wordy even for Kevin Williamson. It's a lot of talking, not a lot of action, but the talking doesn't really... I don't. It's just not something that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's one of the reasons why I liked it because it's so small. It's really contained. There are what maybe five sets that we see throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I can imagine that it was cheap to make, say for Helen Mirren's, you know, yeah, uh, uh, buckets of cash. Yeah, check. Um, the cast had a really good chemistry. I may have not liked all the characters individually, but together they had a really good uh, sense of of self in relation to one another. Um, yeah, I mean, you you are right about that. It's like a bottle episode of a sitcom with people mm-hmm. bouncing off each other. But mm-hmm. 
it almost functioned like a play for me. Okay, that makes sense. Uh huh. Which is good because I've learned that I like plays. That is good, but movies aren't plays. Movies yeah, are. aren't movies. So many movies are made from plays. The I know, greatest and they're movies. Mostly not good. Doubt. August Osage County. Out. Doubt. Doubt. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, Hamlet. Ham. Oh, we're gonna stay away from, from <laughs> Shakespeare. Uh, I do not have um, uh, bardography or whatever. No, bardolatry. There we go. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, what's another one? Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I'm just naming like Tennessee Williams shit right at this point. Uh, what's another play that's been great, Brennan? Fences. Fences. Thank you. Um, it's gonna bug. I don't know that one. It was a William Friedkin movie. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, no, just just not for me. Um, yeah, I, I I wanted to like it more. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen mm-hmm. for me. It, there was never a moment where it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, except for maybe the very end, which was amusing. But then it got silly again. Uh-huh. I don't. I think I just even then as a kid. Excuse me. Sorry, that was rude. Disgusting. Um, I think I just really liked the dynamic between. This old craven uh, witch of a woman uh, and the youthful kids who she is antagonizing and like manipulating and playing like she's in the position of weakness, yet she is playing them like a fiddle. And I mean, it's really not hard to mess with the minds of teenagers. You know, they Mm -hmm. are pretty dumb, Um, but she does it so well. And her performance is rock solid. Yes. As is the performance of the supporting actress. Um, what was her name again? Are we talking about the blonde lady? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I'm looking it up. I, I, I do agree with that. Just the the script was lacking for me because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, their decisions just didn't work. Look, that's the reason why I gave um, uh, Disturbing Behavior... As low as the grade as it, I did, because I felt that certain things were just weren't adding up. So you know, we all have our yeah, our we things. have our perspectives. And uh-huh. the actress's name is Marissa Coughlin. Marissa Coughlin, she was great. Um, so yeah, just between those two people. Um, not to knock Katie Holmes, because you know she's been through a lot of stuff, um, surviving Scientology and whatnot. <laughs> but her performance wasn't the best, but she was still good. Yeah, she was serviceable. Just she was cast because she was a big name at the time, you know. Yeah, and also she worked with Kevin Williamson. She was on Dawson's Creek. Oh yeah, I forgot that he did that. Yeah, even though you probably just mentioned it earlier. Um, yeah, so I think she's probably cast more because she was a name more than because they knew each other. Well, I mean, it was both. That's how he got that name. Okay, whatever, Brennan. Let me just say my one piece. Um. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and same thing for Barry Watson because he was on Seventh Heaven. Um, so they were just okay, but come for the two people who I mentioned earlier. Yes. Also, oh man, I think Kevin Williamson d- did invent um, TV stars just suddenly being cast in horror movies, like all the soapy teen stars. Um, or he's responsible for a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, this is the last episode of this month, so this is the time where we do our top, or, like, our ranking of the four movies that we watched. Um. Remember when this used to be a separate episode? Yeah, that was a disaster. It took a lot of time. Yeah, that was so bad. All right, so, Brennan, who's going to go first, me or you? And do we start from four, three, two, one? Let's start from four, 
you give me your like you give, you do four, I do four. You do three, I do three, and you know like that. Okay, I'm gonna do my four. And I'm gonna guess your four. Okay, I like that. All right, so my number four is Idle Hands. Oh, that's so, that still not, makes me so sad. Which should not surprise anyone. And your number four, I'm gonna assume, was this movie teaching Mr. Tingle. That is correct. All right, cool. What's your number three? My number three is disturbing behavior, which again should come to no surprises any to no one. Uh huh. Um, your number three is probably, um, the craft. Yep. Rude. Um, All your movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two is the craft. Okay. Uh, your number two is probably disturbing behavior. You got it right. Uh, and I'm, then, I'm like an open book here. Yeah. My number one is teaching Mrs. Tingle. Which is shocking to me. Whatever. Um, and your number one is uh, Idle, Idle Hands, Hands. Because it's the best movie ever made. Our lists literally uh, are the opposites of each other, piece by piece. Oh, dang, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Um, <sighs> Should we? Do, should we just stop doing this podcast? Yeah. Do we hate each other? We hate each other. One, like this is the month that proved it. I guess if nineties so. horror is the shit, then you know you are the poo, and I am the shit, and you stink, and I don't. That was not Kevin Williamson dialogue. It was subpar at best. I'm so sorry. Whatever, my shit don't um, stink. You're the poo that smells. Well, maybe next. Maybe I'm rubber. You are glue. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe next month will bring us together because it's our anniversary month. Um, July, not like our like relationship anniversary, but the re- anniversary of the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, every July we plumb the depths of previous movies we watch for the show and watch sequels or spinoffs or remakes or whatever of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be picking up the podcast again in two weeks. Um, there is another Friday coming up in June, but we will not be re- uh, releasing an episode then. Um, partially because we only do four a month, partially because uh, we will both be moving, and that's not a super exciting time uh, to be recording a podcast yeah. that weekend. Um, but anyway, so the thing, we're going to be starting anniversary month by returning back to a movie that we watched, I think, like a year and a half ago at this point. We're going to be watching Deep Blue Sea 2, which just came out this year. Yeah. Are you super excited to watch it? I'm very excited. If you guys want to join in on the fun, feel free to rent it at your local Redbox. Yeah, do that immediately. Yes. I'm sure it's going to be so bad. No. Listen, the first one wasn't great, okay? Yeah, and this one has what one quintillionth of the budget. Uh-huh. So we're lucky if the sharks move properly and they're not just like stickers on the screen. <laughs> yes. Just someone stuck a, got a sticker stuck on the camera, and they're like, uh-huh. the shark's in the kitchen. We're lucky the shark isn't, like, left shark, okay? You know? We would be lucky if the shark was left shark. Whatever. That would just be the perfect thing for you. That would be great. Also, uh, he was hot. Left shark? Yeah. Did you not see the pictures of, like, what that backup dancer actually looked like under the shark? No. Under Pull the skin? Up. Pull it up. Oh, fine. Um, Not the we- I need to see it right this moment on this very podcast. No, you do- yeah, we- this is uh, the reaction show. Um, left shark dancer. So, um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Scream One Hundred One Pod, on Facebook at Scream One Hundred One Podcast. Email us at um Scream One Hundred One Podcast at gmail dot com. Does anyone ever email us? Um, I email us from my other account sometimes. <laughs> okay, I was like, I don't know, if we get a lot of traction on that. We're certainly on the Twitter sphere, but yeah, thank you to everyone who has talked to us on Twitter. We love to hear your thoughts. Um, I'm sure we will hear someone's thoughts about Hereditary. 
Uh-huh. Um, but yes. Um, yeah, he has all the abs. Yeah, that dance is hot. Um, but we can do. We can be friends. Give us five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can win a digital download code of. Well, I guess Cult of Chucky isn't working. Just list Deadpool. I saw Deadpool in there. Yeah, I'll have to make sure that's not expired. But I think it's not. So let's go with that one. You can get a Deadpool right in your face. And it's your first Deadpool, so you can catch up. Also, the back. I can also send you the back of this digital download code because it's got a thing about uh, testicular cancer awareness and how to self-examinate yourself. Really? That's there? Yeah, because Deadpool likes touching balls. Oh, really? Is it like a joke? Or is it? I mean, it's it's done in a jokey way, but it is real. Oh, okay, cool. It's like, number one, grab your man berries. <laughs> Uh. Um. Anyway, so let's do that. This has really gone off the rails. Thank you so much for listening. Please, you, sir. Oh my god. Nothing. I'm not gonna. Nothing is happening. I was just doing <laughs> as I was told. Uh huh. So uh, until next time. Good luck on your journey and stay gold, everybody. See you in two weeks. Goodbye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. You, in fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out into a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy at podpeople.me. That was that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>